Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we're talking about the infamous Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie. We actually almost decided against this. We almost did Titanic. We almost did Titanic. And then we decided to go back to Fifty Shades of Grey, which was, you know, our first choice. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not sure if anybody out there wants us to cover Titanic. Um, Let us know if you do. Yeah, let us know what you guys want to see. If you want to contact us, you can email us at fictionfixationpodcast at gmail.com. And just, you know what, just throw a picture of Henry Cavill up at the very front. Okay, make it your header. Yeah, like your header, you know, instead of like, hello, just Henry Cavill, by the way. That's how you get us. That's how you get me. Yeah, that's how you get you. you. I'm not quite as thirsty for Henry Cavill, so. Anyways, all right, so let's hop right into this. Yeah, let's just get right into it. We have Anna. She's our heroine. She is filling in for her roommate, Kate, who is a journalist. Kate has the flu, and Anna is going to do this interview for her with the infamous Christian Grey, who is a very high-profile very elusive businessman that's pretty secretive. Christian Gray is played by Jamie Dornan. And can I just say, okay, he's a handsome guy, but he's mm-hmm. like dead in the eyes. Do you like see that? I I actually wrote down the serial killer look like a couple times in my notes. Have you ever seen The Fall on Netflix? Mm-mm. Girl. Okay, is he in so the fall? there's Yes. Are you is he in the fall? Are you kidding me? Courtney, no. he is the literal serial killer in this BBC like psychological thriller called The Fall. It's on Netflix. You gotta go watch it if you like dark, kind of really dark stuff. Is it gonna make me as free to people? Well, it's yes, <laughs> but I'm just gonna stay up front that watching The Fall really gave Jamie Dornan and therefore Christian Gray like a different context. And given the events of this story, um, it's kind of hard not to see him as a serial killer. So that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. So, yeah, so so Anna is, uh, she gets to Christian Gray's office. So I, I have some issues. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately, no. I call bullshit on this parking situation. You're telling me that she just drove 90 minutes for a 10-minute interview, and then she pulled up directly out front of Gray House, yeah. parks feet from the front door with no meter in Seattle. Immediately, no. This is the most unbelievable thing in this entire movie. Well, perhaps the universe is smiling down on her and gracing but her no with this. no meter? No. I love how we have covered very unbelievable things and you draw the line at no parking meter. I draw meter. the line at the parking situation because I worked <laughs> downtown in busy buildings in less busy cities. Right. And that's not how parking works. So Christian Gray's office building which he owns the whole thing, right? Because he's a billionaire, so it has his name on it. You're not going to rent an <laughs> office building when you can well, buy one. He could build one. His office building is in Seattle, and she lives... Where does she live? She lives, like, about an hour and a half away from Seattle, where she was going to school at. Yeah, so she walks She walks into this building. She goes in uh, to meet Mr. Gray, Mr. Christian Gray. And my favorite meet-cute... Well, it's almost my favorite meet cute. Do you remember how I told you that I love when the girl trips and almost eats shit, but the guy catches her? Yes. Okay, so Anna trips and 
literally just eats shit. And <laughs> he just wants her full. He doesn't even make it an attempt. Well, like he turns around and just sees her like splayed out on the floor and, and, and doesn't even ask if she's okay. He's just like, oh, Jesus. He's like, I have a busy morning. This is my this is my 10 a.m. And he was just like, Miss Kavanaugh. And she's like, I'm Anastasia Gray. Yeah. Because he's expecting her roommate who, yes. again, her, her roommate was doing and it was going to interview him for the mm-hmm. student paper. But she had the flu. Yeah. At the interview, she's essentially like reading off a list of questions that Kate gave her. To me, she is making a bumbling fool out of herself. And Christian just looks so frustrated with her. He's like, this is public record. I've answered this a million times. You could have Googled that. Like, he is not impressed with her interviewing skills one bit. That's kind of a dick move because this is obviously a college student for a college paper. It's not like this is the New York Times. Like, cut her a little slack, you know? I feel like the fact that he agreed to the interview at all was him cutting her some slack. Yeah, I guess. Anna has a very mousy energy about her. She's very, I mean, she speaks almost in a whisper. She's so breathy. She has a very small, shy submissive energy. Anastasia Gray. <laughs> I am I'm Kate. I'm Miss Kavanaugh's roommate. For the beginning of the interview, he's kind of standing over her, just kind of mm-hmm. impatiently waiting for this interview to be over. Like he's talking to a child. She says, I see that you do work with like feeding the hungry. Mm-hmm. Is that something is that a cause that's close to your heart? And he says, no, it's just good business. And she said, I feel like your heart is bigger than you want people to believe. And he's like, there are people who say I don't have a heart. Literally, I don't think anybody's ever told him that. Anna says, who says that? And he says, people that know me. Yeah. Anna's going through this whole list of questions. And she says, are you gay? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She read it without realizing it. Yeah. Like she was just going down the list. Um, She's like, "It's, it's written right here. When she says, I'm so sorry, my roommate can be a little curious, she puts the pen to her lips. And then next thing we know, there's a close-up of Christian kind of gripping the, the desk behind him. The, the hand flex, man. The hand flex. It gets me. <laughs> and then he comes around and he's like, why don't you ask me something you want to know? Something about the combination of her saying the word curious while biting her lip, while putting the pen to her lip. It was all too many subliminal messages for him. And he seemed very interested. He sat, he like sat down next to her for the first time and started asking her about herself. So she says, earlier, you said that there are people who know you well. Why do I feel like that's not true? And that really seemed to like get to him. I feel like she was really prying with, not just personal questions, but also, like, intimate questions. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. Because she had this list of questions from her roommate. Remember, like, she she technically shouldn't care about the questions. She's just there to get these questions answered. But she mm-hmm. obviously is intrigued, and she is a- she's asking things that kind of go between the lines of what's supposed to be asked. And... His assistant comes in to be like, Mr. Gray, your 10 o'clock is here. And he's like, cancel it. Yeah. Cancel it. Anna only stays for like another two minutes. And then she (laughs) leaves. And they just, he can't run late. I would rather just cancel a meeting for somebody who's already in the office than be late. Yeah. Cancel the whole ass meeting. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think it was very in- exciting for Anna yeah. to have this billionaire, super busy businessman be like, cancel my next meeting. I am talking to Anastasia. Anna leaves this meeting and she mm-hmm. goes outside into the crisp Seattle air. The rain is falling and she's like exhilarated. But I kind of feel like mm-hmm. she has more chemistry with the rain than she did with Christian Grey. <laughs> so I don't know if it's because he puts off kind of like a shut the fuck up vibe yeah. or if it's because she's so goddamn awkward. Anna works at a hardware store. Um, yeah, she's at work. This is probably close to her last day because she's yeah. moving soon. Because she's she's close to graduating college. When she graduates, her and her roommate mm-hmm. Kate are going to move to Seattle. Actually, right? They're moving to the city. Yeah. So she's just kind of doing her own thing. She's stocking some shelves. She's putting prices on stuff, minding her own damn business. Yeah. Doing her damn job. Girl, can I tell you something? What? <laughs> so she is. At her job at the hardware store, mm-hmm. tell me why Anna's coworker is like, hey, I need your help. I need your help with something. Courtney, this guy, did you see him? Yeah. What does he possibly need her help with? No. I, what I wanted to say is this guy is fucking gorgeous. Like, he's this He tall, looks like a Ken doll. Tall, blonde, like my type. Hello. Um, and girl, he's wearing one of those Home Depot aprons, like he's about to do some woodworking. And there's just something about that that I felt like was just a little too X-rated for Fifty Shades. I was like, hold on. Are you about to build me a bench? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) But yeah, so it's funny because as I'm appreciating this guy, he walks off. Anna turns the corner. Right around the corner, a literal foot shorter is Christian Grey. Like, Christian is, like, a foot shorter than this other guy. Because Uh-oh. Anna because Anna doesn't even look at the tall, gorgeous, blonde guy. She's just kind of no. like, she's like, all right, fine. I'll be there in a minute. And then she turns a corner and she sees Christian Gray, who's, like, a foot shorter. And she's like, her, her breath catches. Her panties just drop. Her panties drop inside her pants, which is really awkward if that's ever happened. Christian's there. She's like, oh, fuck. He lives in Seattle. Like, what is he doing there? What is he doing at some small mom-and-pop hardware store an hour and a half away from his house? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So he's there, and he's like, Anna, I was in town. I need to pick some stuff up. And he's like, are you you available? And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I need um, masking tape. And cable mm-hmm. ties. Yeah. And first of all, the cable ties he picks out are like two feet long. <laughs> They're like this long. They're like rolled up. Oh my God. And then he asked for mas- masking tape and rope. He asked for, well, he asked for masking tape. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we have one inch and two inch. Mm-hmm. Any self respecting handyman Has will both. have both. And I'm, but it looks like. She hands him duct tape, not masking tape. (laughs) Yeah. And then he asks for a rope. Oh, yeah. She's totally, I mean, nothing suspicious at all. I mean, this billionaire who who should have a, you know, I don't know, like. Like like a driver that runs errands for him. Like he literally has a driver who runs errands for him. But no, he's at this random hardware store like an hour and a half from his house to pick up rope and masking tape and cable ties. Yeah. And he he's not even like casual about it. Like you he's could super tell, creepy about it. He, like he's so creepy, but you could tell that there's like innuendo there. Like he's like, 
as he's listing off the items, he has like this glint in his eye. Like there's an inside joke, right? Like I want cable ties. It's almost like he's wiggling his eyebrows on the inside. Like he's waiting for her to be like, oh, cable ties. Of course, sir. I know what this (laughs) means. So he says, anything else that I need? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know, maybe coveralls to protect your clothes? Yeah. And he's like, or I could just take them off. No, I shall not wear coveralls. I shall get naked. <laughs> I mean, woodworking naked? Totally, dude. Just just let that thing flap around around a, around a table saw. Like, it's not totally cool. Totally normal. He's not woodworking with cable ties, masking tape, and rope. <laughs> He's he's moving a dresser. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what he's doing. He's moving a dresser. Yeah. He has a very unruly dog. What could he be doing with these, with this set? I mean, it's like three things, right? Very specific set of items. Maybe he is, maybe his car got sideswiped and the window won't go down anymore. Oh, yeah. The side mirror fell off and he's fixing it. Yeah. Or we could go with the simplest explanation, which is that he's kidnapping someone, which like I feel that that is the most likely given the evidence we have to this point. Listen, if Christian <laughs> if Christian Grey was poor, this would be an episode of Criminal Minds, not a romance novel. A hundred percent. If a poor dude walked in to a hardware store an hour and a half away from his house and accosted a woman he only met once yeah. asking for tape, rope, and cable ties, yeah. she would have called the authorities. Yeah, she would have been creeped out. But you know what's interesting? I feel like Anna is creeped out. Like, the vibes she give all, she gives off, she gives off creeped out vibes. She does give off creeped out vibes, but also she's giving off going back for more vibes. Like, yeah. she's she's weirded out, but she also wants to see where this goes. Why does this feel like the same energy as people who like haunted houses, you know? Like, you know it's going to freak you out, but you but go you in it, it anyway. Like, you want to do it. You want to be freaked out. So as Christian is checking out, uh, you know, he's he's paying for his items. Anna's hot, tall, blonde co-worker comes up and he Mm kind of puts his hands on her shoulders and you could see on Christian's face, he's like instantly jealous and possessive. Red flag. I mean, red flag, like, dude, you literally just met her. You have spent literally a total of maybe 15 minutes alone in the same room with this person. Yeah. Sir, you need to calm down. Girl, save your sirs because we get in there. We get in there. Christian. Mr. Gray. No, he likes that too. <laughs> Mr. Gray, your psychologist will see you now. Oh, also, so, you know, as as uh, as Anna's putting these creepy items in a bag, she also mentions that her, you know, her best friend Kate, who sh- who Anna did the interview for, she she mentions to Christian like, "Hey, Kate is having a hard time getting like a uh, a, a license good photo free for you." Well, like a license free image of him because there's a lot of pictures of him online, but you probably have to pay to use them. And so he just offers up a photo shoot. He's like, "If she wants to get an original picture, I'm available." And I'm like, okay. Nice. Uh, so you're not busy with the items you just bought? Like, I thought you had plans? Like, I thought you were moving a dresser naked. I thought you were moving a dresser, fixing your car, or, you know, kidnapping someone. But no, you're canceling your plans? Okay, cool. I mean, he is an hour and a half away from home, so he has some time to burn before he goes back <laughs> to do whatever he's doing. <laughs> I wonder what he did with those items. Did he keep them? Girl. Are they just sitting in the back seat floorboard of his truck? Totally. Of his car? 
Listen, he bought. The truth is that Jamie Dornan, he was multitasking. Okay, he was like saving this for when he had to film his serial killer show. He was just like, hey, I know, I know this is Fifty Shades, but I need these items for later. Yeah, like the, the director, he texted me. He said we needed cable ties, rope. In the mean, it's here. We're filming in a hardware yeah. store. Like, might as well make sense. Why not? Um, but I, again, people need to take into account the size of these cable ties because. <laughs> They're like hung they up were on like this, this big. What are you cable tied? That would go around my whole waist. Yeah. Well, actually, no, maybe not. Ding. Um, like a thigh that would go around like one of my thighs. All right. Ding 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 ding. Uh, maybe that's what it's for. It's for your thighs. Hey, he likes them purple thighs. He wants to like cut off the circulation, <laughs> so it just like falls off, and he doesn't have to like hack me up into little pieces. Uh, stay tuned for more serial killer tips. Anna has a friend named Jose who is a photographer. Yeah. Um, Anna, Jose, and Kate are all in the studio with Christian while they are, while Jose's taking pictures for the photo shoot. Yeah. Um, and the whole time, Christian is, again, very creepily and very obviously yeah. just staring at Anna the whole time, um, which Kate points out. This is where Christian asks Anna out for do you want to go out for coffee? Yeah, he asked her out for coffee. So after the photo shoot is all done and they get the photos that they need, Anna and Christian head off for their coffee dates. Um, it, it's awkward, to say the least. It's always awkward between them, though. That's their vibe. I know, but this is like publicly painfully awkward (laughs) he asked about her family she says that Mm -hmm. she was raised by her stepdad and her mom she really paints her mom as being super like flighty Mm -hmm. and her mom lives with a boyfriend and she's on husband number four yeah she calls her mom an incurable romantic an incurable romantic and he says well what about you and she says i'm an english lit major i sort of have to be yeah and then he's like nope nope Nope, nope, Girl. nope. Like shadows, like the shadows of past trauma just flitter past his eyes. Christian gets up and he's like, I have to go. And Anna is so confused. Like, what just happened? Like, we were we were vibing in our weird, awkward way. And now he's literally running for the hills. Yes. And he walks her out. And as she's walking out, as they're walking out of the coffee shop, um, she almost gets hit by a bicyclist. She's so frazzled. She she almost walks into traffic and he saves her, which, you know, that's like another one of my favorite, like, meet yes. cutes, like when the guy, like, saves the girl. But he's so angry when he does it. that like, he's like kinda, watch where you're going. He's like, God damn it, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's this really cringy part where she's, like, nuzzling his hand with her face. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Stop. Girl. Stop. Because he saves her, like, super angrily. And so now she's in his arms, and he's holding her face, right? And he says, I'm not the man for you. I have to let you go. You just met her. Sir, we literally just met. Like, we literally just met. I'm sorry. I had an appointment with you at your work. You accosted me at my work. Sir, I have a banana in my house sitting on my counter that I've known longer than I've known you. Like, and it's still not brown. I've been waiting for avocados to ripen <laughs> longer than I've known you. For sure. So, yeah. So, you know, he basically tells her, like, 
I can't see you anymore. And he walks off and Anna is so freaking confused. Uh, what? What? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I don't I don't know what just happened here. What is going on? Finals are over. Anna and her roommate Kate yeah. are, you know, just waiting on their grades. But they they want to go celebrate. They've worked yeah. really hard. Hell yeah. Go and shake your booty, girl. They want to celebrate. So they're pre-gaming at home, getting ready. And Anna gets a um, package. Mm. Oh, girl, Christian sent her first edition copies of Withering Heights. No, he did not. (laughs) If you are new to this podcast, Courtney has a... Her hatred for Withering Heights is, like, pathological. Like, it concerns me. It's one of those red flags about her that I'm just filing away for later. You know, just putting it away. If somebody sent me first edition copies of Wuthering Heights, I would press charges. You would (laughs) set your whole house on fire just to just to cleanse it. (laughs) I wouldn't even donate them. I would just burn them and then press charges. What was what was the actual book that he got her? Test of the Gerbervilles. Oh, I don't know what that is. Um, it's it's a classic literature book. I mean, it's it's a good book, but it's going to cost you about five grand. Oh, geez. So like he got her first edition copies of like the set. And it's so weird because he literally just told her a couple days ago, presumably. I'm not sure how much time passed. I'm not the man for you. I have to let you He go. literally just told her, like, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm not the man for you. And now he's sending her a gift. So obviously this is a graduation gift. But she's just like, dude, why are you sending me a gift? Like, you told me you can't I mean, see me anymore. She brings it up later in the night. Oh, girl, let's get there. So Anna, her roommate Kate, and their friend Jose. Remember Jose? He was the photographer friend. Yeah. They all go partying. They're drinking. They're having fun. They're at a bar. Mm-hmm. Having a good time. Yeah. Um, And Anna... Gets up to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There's a line. It's a bar. It's after finals. It's presumably in a college town. So, yeah, you're going to wait for a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think we've all been Anna at this point because she drunk dials Christian. Yeah. I am a recovering drunk dialer. Oh. Um, Girl, this is a safe space. This is a safe space. Tell us about it. I used to drunk dial all the time in college. Um, Really? My flaw was that I always started with my parents. Um, <laughs> you know how parents always say that they were scared you were dead in a ditch somewhere? Yeah. Um, my parents did not have that fear. They're like, I'm scared that my 18-year-old is trash AF right now. At, and I quote from her exact words, I don't know some dude named Ryan's apartment. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> um. My parents are like, she's not in a field, but she's like probably 10 out of 10 not safe. Anyways, um, so she drunk dials Christian and she is just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, why are you sending me gifts? Why would you send me these books? And she tells him that he's so confusing. She's like, you're like, no, Anna, go away. Come back, Anna. Go away, Anna. (laughs) Christian is in a hotel room working on his laptop as a billionaire does. Mm -hmm, But here's the thing, right? He gets, when he hears that Anna is drunk, he's like, where are you? Have you been drinking? I want you to go home right now. He's so controlling. Red flag. (laughs) I mean, okay, red flag, but also the level of dramatic that he jumps to 
she's a college girl. She's at a bar drunk. Like, this is not that big of a... This isn't like she's lost in a... She's not in the trunk of a car. She's literally just in a bar drunk. And he's like, I want you to go home. And she's like, don't tell me what to do. And he's like, I'm going to come get you. And it's just so dramatic. Just, just zero to 100. But what I was thinking was like, what drug makes a guy this, like, crazy and intense and dramatic? Because... Testosterone. Because... <laughs> Because that's what he's on. He's on like, can I, can I get a, a forty milligrams of testosterone and push it right up his it's, anus? It's the audacity. I mean, he is Christian is high on the audacity and testosterone. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, so Anna goes outside of the bar and she's kind of waiting because she realizes that Christian is coming to get her, and her friend Jose, the photographer, comes out and he starts yeah. getting. He starts getting handsy with her. He he chooses this moment that he sees she's pissed drunk. He chooses this moment to try to make a move on her. And it's like, you know what? You're a dirtbag. Any guy that specifically chooses to make a move on a girl when she's pissed drunk, like, you know what you're doing. Immediately, no. And you know what you're doing and you're, you're a piece of trash. Yes. Uh, especially because she's saying, no, 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 Jose, no. Yeah. And he's like, just one kiss, Anna. It's right about this time that Christian barrels in and just shoves Jose off. And is like, she said no. Yeah. Um, and then Anna pukes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Christian's just like, all right, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to leave with you now. Yeah. Um, and I, I have a lot of issues with this next part. Because Christian brought his brother Elliot. I don't know if it was like some sort of like penis persuasion on Kate's part Mm -hmm. where he's like, hey, Elliot, so you're going to go in and distract the roommates while I just yeet Anna the fuck out of here. Um, And like, Kate, the fuck? You You just let this fucking dude who you barely know just leave with your extremely drunk friend? Christian's brother, Elliot. So he's getting really close with Anna's roommate Kate. Yes. So Elliot and Kate are dancing and things are getting handsy and you could tell they have chemistry and something's going to go down. But can I just say, Christian's brother, uh, he gives me like doofus vibes. Do you get doofus vibes from him? I get like surfer vibes from him. He reminds me of like, okay, imagine Jack from the Titanic, right? Jack from Titanic, he survived. He found a time machine. He made it to our to this time period and then smoked a lot of weed. Like that's the vibes that Elliot gives off. He even kind of talks like him too, if you notice. He does kind of. I don't know what accent that is. I don't know. It it was like it's it's American. Like a mid transatlantic accent. I think it it's just very well spoken English. Like very enunciated English. Poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like. <laughs> Listen, I Cajun accents really do it for me. Cajun? What is that? Uh, New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, it feels both, like, erotic and a little grungy, and I it, I just really like it. Well, it's like he's going to do you, but first he's also going to steal your wallet. But he has, like, manners. But he's also going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I mean, if we had previously discussed that and had an NDA and a contract, then we'll talk about it, okay? So Christian took Anna to his hotel room uh-huh. and he put her to bed. She wakes up the next morning. Uh, 
wearing just a t-shirt and her underwear. Yep. And Christian just gets back from like a run. Room service is all laid out on the coffee table. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wakes up and she's like, she's hungover as hell. And she's like, did, did you put me to bed? And he's like, yeah. She's like, did, did you undress me? And he's like, I sort of, he's like, I didn't have any other choice because yeah. yours were covered in vomit. Yeah, I was either going to put you in this clean hotel bed covered in vomit or I was going to take off your clothes to put you in this bed. And she she goes, where did you sleep? And he like nods to the bed and she's like, oh, fuck. When she asked, where did you sleep? I really thought he was going to do because in any other movie, the guy would have been like, I slept on the couch, of course. Like, I barely know you. I'm not going to sleep in a bed next to you half naked. <laughs> not Christian. Christian's like, I literally, like, you see that pillow over there? I was right there, right next to you. I was breathing on your neck all night. <laughs> She's like, did we, you know? He's like, no, necrophilia is not really my thing. Christian says, you got really drunk last night and that was dangerous. If you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit for a week. And I'm like, she's probably so motherfucking confused. She's just like, what? That if you were mine, I would take you over my knee. No, he says, if you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit for a week. So that's even more vague because it's like, why? You're going to take all my chairs away? You're going to make me stand in a corner? Like, I don't, like, what? what's happening? Why can't I sit? What What will prevent me? Like, our... I can sit on the floor. What's what's going to physically happen to... Okay, two scenarios. Either something's going to physically happen to all of the chairs that I will encounter, which will prevent me from sitting for a week, or two, something mm-hmm. will happen to the muscles I use to sit, uh, i.e. my butt. Ooh, is he going to take the cable ties <laughs> and, like, zip them on her thighs so she can't sit? Yeah. I mean, it's very vague. We, we have no idea what he's possibly talking about here um no idea well he starts to kind of talk about she makes some sort of innuendo girl because she says why am i here and he says because i'm incapable of leaving you alone um that sounds like something he should probably discuss with his therapist this isn't the time or the place sirs good sirs (laughs) sirs of the world I'm trying to experience it from the from the context of, like, the information Anna has at this point. Like, all she knows about mm-hmm. him is that he's a billionaire. He showed up at her hardware store buying mm-hmm. these odd items. He immediately knew where she was out partying. He, you know, somehow knew where to find her. And she, like, woke up virginity intact yeah. after spending the night next to him in a hotel. She is eating her plate of breakfast that Christian just gave her. She has a piece of toast in her hand. Mm -hmm. He grabs his shirt, pulls it over his head to reveal his naked torso. He's all pecs and nipples and six-pack. Then he proceeds to bear crawl onto the bed, and he comes face to face with her as she's holding the toast in front of her, and he seductively takes a bite of her toast. Mm -hmm. That's all. I'm just saying that happened. How fucking dare you bite my toast? Like, I barely know you, sir. First of all, I get that he was trying to be, like, sexy. Like, I find it sexy that he ate some of her toast. Nah. But also, <laughs> like, I'm trying to put myself in her perspective to where, like, that's kind of, like, that's bold. Yeah. Um, To just take a bite of somebody's toast like that. Like, you don't know her. Well, it wasn't even taking a bite. It was the, it was like the bear crawling on the bed. And then taking a bite, it's just, it's a lot. Like, it's very, like, Tamlin 
high Lord of the, you know, Spring Court vibes. I, you know, what's really funny is that um, Fifty Shades of Grey started out as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I watched Fifty Shades or read the books, it was very obvious. It, it was very, it's very obvious, but it also it was hard for me to sort of separate those two worlds. Yeah. To where I'm like Edward would never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, go listen to our to our Midnight Sun episode. Listen to the Midnight Sun episode. If you were Team Jacob before, you will not be afterwards. But you know what? It totally makes sense, though. It's almost like because Edward Cullen in in Midnight Sun never thinks about sex and so it's almost like his sexual identity just detached from him and went to a separate universe and became christian gray no that makes a lot of sense this is a multiverse theory oh my god it's a multiverse i love multiverse theories (laughs) during this discussion she's biting her lip christian tells her i want to bite that lip and she says i would i would like that very much well and then he says don't worry, I won't touch you until I have written consent. And she's like, what? And that's a little weird. He doesn't elaborate. Mm-hmm. He walks her to the elevator. Well, they both get in the elevator. And then they go down like a floor and he's just like, fuck the paperwork. And he just like grabs her and kisses her and like pushes her up against like the elevator wall. Yeah, it's a really hot kiss. I'm digging it. Um I feel like they took some of the hotness and tension out of it because, like, two floors later, it opens up to, like, eight businessmen yeah, just, yeah. like, standing there to get on. Yeah, so they interrupt. And it's almost like the pheromones are just fogging up the elevator because even though Anna and Christian had already separated by the time the doors open, mm-hmm. the businessmen, like, hesitate at the door. Like, something was just happening in here. Did we interrupt? <laughs> like, we can wait for the next one. All right, so Anna and Christian have their first date, right? He asked her out on a date. So he has yes. his driver pick her up after work, which, first of all, I would think she would need a little more time to prepare for a date. Like, I wouldn't want to be picked up right after work. But anyway, his driver comes to pick him up. And you know what it would occur to me when I saw his driver again? Because he's been in a couple scenes. But in this scene, it kind of hit me. I was like, girl, the driver is a snack. Like, uh-huh. he looks like he pays his taxes on time. Like, he has that, you know, retirement plan. Like, I don't know. He's, like, older, but, like... He's he's also, like, super buff. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like he could easily, like, pick me up and, like, put me somewhere, you know? Put you on top of the fridge. Yes, girl. Yeah, the driver is a snack. But Anna only has eyes for Christian. She, like, barely looks at him. And, and, and this is where it was registering, where I was like, I just don't get Christian's appeal. And then <laughs> the driver takes her to this building. They go to the rooftop. And Christian is waiting there in front of a helicopter. Ellie Golding, Love Me Like You Do, is playing in the background. Girl. Love me like you do. When I tell you, you this is where his sex appeal clicked into place for me. I was like, oh, I get it. See, here's the thing. Men in suits normally really do it for me, okay? Men in suits. Really? I, I am... Just straight up trash for it, okay? Um, however, his serial killer eyes just... He has it, dead eyes. I'm not the only one, right? His, dead, his eyes are dead. And I can't... 
I'm my my brain is still sending me. I'm done with the movie. My brain is still sending me like danger, not safe red flag signals. Because here's the thing, girl. Like I feel like our gut will always tell us when we're in danger. What I mm-hmm. think happens is that we confuse our intuition warning us. We confuse that with butterflies. I think that's what happens. We we talk ourselves out of the intuition and like, you know what? No, I'm overthinking this. This is not a big deal. Like I'm being dramatic. Mm-hmm. And society's conditioned us to do that though. Yeah. Book society. Totally. So Christian takes Anna on his helicopter and it's this very romantic scene of them flying over Seattle. It's so whimsical and enchanting. Yeah. But then also you're like, oh my God, he's a billionaire. Like where is he going to take her? Courtney. Where does he take her? He takes her back to his place. He takes her to his place. I'm like, <laughs> which, to be fair, is a pretty magnificent apartment. I mean, sure, but he can take you literally anywhere. He takes you back to his house. Like, that's a fuck boy. Like, that's a booty call. This isn't a date. Like, you can't tell me you're taking me on a date and have your driver pick me up and take me to this rooftop and there's a helicopter and then you just, and it's just gorgeous flight over the city at night. Like, I told you, I am a straight up hoe for a rooftop bar. Just like seeing a city at night, it just, I love it so much, let alone on a helicopter. And then the magic and anticipation of where are you taking me? He takes her to his place. Like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't like it. Pretty much straight away, as soon as they get there, he makes her sign an NDA. She's like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's an NDA. My um, my lawyer insists upon it. So just go ahead and. Yeah. She's like, what's that? He's like, it means I can't. you can't talk to anybody about us. I don't think it's unusual for someone of that status to have someone signed an NDA. So she signs it, like, without question. Yeah, she's just like, okay. Immediately, he takes her to see his playroom. He's, like, he's super, like, sensual about it. He's like, this is my playroom. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like, it's, like, where your Xbox and stuff is. And he's like... No, no, no. no. This Because he tells her, like, listen, if at any point you feel uncomfortable, you can go. So he's kind of setting her up for for something uncomfortable to come. And she's like, open the door. Like, open the door. This The movie did him wrong because they could have had the scene where he opened the door to his playroom. They could have had the scene play with music from, like, Aladdin's A Whole New World. And instead, they play <laughs> the creepiest fucking, like, serial killer music. And so he opens the door and it's this red room and it it's basically like a torture chamber. And there's all these items on display. Yes. So it's like, you know how guys kind of display their tools in a garage, you know, like proudly display mm-hmm. their tools. It's kind of like that, except there's like a bunch of like really random items. Like there's chains, there's like fire pokers, like that, like the uh-huh. tassels that hang from the end of your purse. You know what I'm talking about? He's like, oh, that's for your booty. That's a flogger. Um, <laughs> there's tails. I swear I saw a dough roller. Like I was like, what the fuck is that? Ball gags. It's just a lot. Like there's just a lot. And she's just kind of like. So not an Xbox. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And she's like, what is this place? Do women do this to you or do you do this to women? And he's like, I yeah. do it to the women. I am a, I'm the dominant. She's like, okay. She's like, You're, this is what you want sexually. But like, yeah. what do I get out of this? He smiles creepy-like and goes, me. Yeah, you get, you get all this, girl. All five foot eight inches of this. 
all 165. Okay, so, you know, this was his big reveal. This was the reason mm-hmm. why she needed to sign that NDA. And he tells her, like, we can't do anything until you sign a contract. They don't say the word B- BDSM ever, um, but essentially this is what he is displaying is like BDSM adjacent. So let's back up for a second because um, as kind of a PSA mm-hmm. and a disclaimer, Fifty Shades of Grey is not a how-to manual for the BDSM lifestyle. There's a very clear distinction between the BDSM lifestyle and a couple mm-hmm. that's experimenting, you know? And and, and and both things are valid and both things mm-hmm. are fine. But I think the term BDSM after F- Fifty Shades has been kind of used very lightly. Willy-nilly. Very willy-nilly to describe couples that are tying mm-hmm. each other up. If there's a difference between kink and legitimate BDSM relationships... Courtney wants to be picked up and put on top of a refrigerator. Listen, everyone has their thing. I don't know if I can fit on top of my refrigerator, but I am going to try after we record this to see. But I am going to need like a ladder because I, a chair is not going to cut it. <laughs> Do you know the difference between kinky and erotic? No. I really don't know. So I heard this joke once that was like, the difference between kinky and erotic is erotic is using a feather. Kinky is using the whole chicken. <laughs> and that was in my head throughout Fifty Shades because, you know, there were a lot of couples that read Fifty Shades and they were like, we are going to be kinky. But they were just using the feather. And honey, Christian Grey, he wants to use the whole damn chicken. All right. He's not he's not fucking around. I am guilty of when I first read Fifty Shades of Grey of doing some extensive incognito Google searching. (laughs) These are all decisions between educated consenting adults. Yeah. In this case, Anna is not educated. Right. She is a consenting adult, but she is not educated. She doesn't know what she would be getting into. She's obviously extremely kind of confused. She feels very out of her element at Mm -hmm. this point, you know, um, a little uncomfortable. And he's like, Anna, this isn't going to work if we're not honest with with each other. Um. You know, when you've had sex previously, you know, yeah. what what have you enjoyed? And she's like, I I have never. What what's what's a penis? What's a penis? She's like, I've never I've never done that before. And he's like, you've never had sex before? And she's like, no. And then he just so casually yeah. is just like, OK, I know how to fix right. this. Because her virginity is something to be fixed. He has the solution mm-hmm. in him. To fix her virginity. And she's like, are you going to make love to me? He says two things. First of all, I don't make love. I fuck hard. And she literally, like, there's like a beat. And then she like snort laughs. And she goes, what's the second thing? I feel like they just wrote it into her character. Because she, I think, broke character a lot. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so he takes her by the hand. And they go and they have like really sexy sexy time it's very intimate like erotic yeah sex like he's very attentive to her body and stuff i think that's the hottest sex scene in the whole movie honestly like listen again not shaming the kink not shaming the bdsm stuff but Mm -hmm. can we like i feel like sometimes people who enjoy the kinkier sex they kind of look down on Mm -hmm. people that just like regular sex and it's like look 
It's okay to enjoy sex without needing to put your toes in a coffee grinder or staple your nipples together. <laughs> like, like you're you're valid. Too. Like your experience is valid too. You know, you don't need to like you don't need to use a what is it called? What are those the the coffee frothers, the milk frothers? You don't need to use one of those in your yeah. vagina to like have an orgasm. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. But here's what I don't understand. Did he expect like, okay, her virginity is a door. And behind this door is infinite knowledge right. of BDSM relationships and sexual intercourse. So did he think that by breaking her hymen, it was just going to this flood yeah. of knowledge and sexuality was going to come out of her vagina and into her brain? <laughs> Anyways, so they have this very intimate night together. And then they have a little bit of pillow talk in the morning and... He kind of goes in for like round, I guess it's three at this point. And then you just hear his mother's voice blaring mm-hmm. through the apartment. Christian. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck my mom. Yeah. So they're in bed naked the next morning. His mom walks in. I mean, she doesn't walk into the room, but she's he can they can hear her voice. And can I just say she has like a rich people accent and it's not like regional i don't think but it literally again it sounds like she's she stepped off the titanic like doesn't it sound like that she has a very sophisticated dialect yeah (laughs) i i I speak like i was raised in virginia (laughs) i speak like i was raised by wolves and then found by someone who lived like in virginia (laughs) <laughs> but also spent time in California, but also like lived in New York for a couple of years. I'm just like, a... uh huh. Anyway, there's kind of this awkward moment. The mom comes in, and you know, Anna has kind of, she's a little more sober minded in the morning, and she's just like, you know what? Can you take me home? Because he yeah. keeps he keeps talking about the contract and how she needs to sign the contract before mm-hmm. they can explore his red room, and she's like, can you can you take me home, girl? Instead of taking her home. He takes her to the woods to go for a walk. And I was just like, how how is this okay? Like how how does he not see how creepy he is? Especially with those dead eyes. You know what I mean? Just putting yes. just all the pieces that she has, if she put them together, they would literally spell serial killer. And she is just just not seeing the red flags. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so when they go on this walk in the woods, uh, which, again, highly sus and she shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But this is where he reveals that his mother's friend, when he was 16, she made him her submissive in a BDSM relationship. And first of all, any grown ass adult that is seducing a 16 year old, that is sick. That's weird. That is gross. Especially so... It's not like he was 16 and she was 19, which is still a little weird. But, like, that's a three-year age difference. No. Like, it was his mother's friend. It's his mother's age. Yeah. Like, presumably someone in their 30s seducing a 16-year-old. 30s minimum. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, first of all, not okay. And number two, it kind of goes to show that this is not a typical, like, BDSM He Mm -hmm. didn't really, like, you can't say that a 16-year-old entered into this, you know, of sound mind. Absolutely not. His brain is not even developed. He's barely through puberty. Mm -hmm. Like, there is, like, what he is experiencing now is not a decision. I feel like it's trauma. Like, he's literally just traumatized. Yes. 
Um, so he takes her back to her apartment, and this is where we sort of start a, a waiting game. And Christian is wanting Anna to sign the contract. Yeah. Anna is doing some research. She is going through some very naughty incognito searches um, yeah. to get, you know, information on this. You know, he gives her some kind of, you know, some titles like some keywords to Google, but also um, they're communicating by email at this point. So as Anna is, you know, Anna is going over all these terms to the contract and the days are going by and Christian is checking his his messages. He's emailing her like, hey, have you read the contract? She's like, I'm I'm on it. He's thirsty. He is so thirsty. And, and it's kind of a little bit wild because, again, he's this eligible bachelor. He's this billionaire guy, presumably very attractive from what I hear said in the movie. Yeah. Essentially, this contract um, has a, a very detailed laid out definition of expectations that Christian wants in a submissive. And yeah. some of those terms are that She's not to drink in excess. She's not to smoke. She is to submit to any sexual act deemed pleasurable by the dominant. Yeah. Oh, she has to be at his beck and call. She yeah. has to stay with him, you know, like three days a week. Yeah, Friday through Sunday. Yeah, and, and she has to eat from, from an approved yeah. list of food. She's not supposed to snack between meals. It's crazy. It's very it's very controlling. Listen, penis is great, but have you ever had deep dish pizza? Like a Chicago-style deep dish pizza. Ooh, yeah. After she feels like she has, you know kind of reach the extent of the research that she wants to do for this yeah. contract, she emails him um, and says that she wants to go over the contract. Um, and he's like, okay, like we'll meet at my place. And she's like, as this is a bit, as this is a contract, I would prefer a business meeting. Yeah. Um, she's and- like, she's like, reserve your boardroom, sir. We're about to discuss your, BDSM contract. Yeah, and he does. So he, she goes over, like, you know, after work. She heads mm-hmm. over to his office building. She goes in. Um, he he tries to put his hand around her waist, and she, like, smacks it off. She's, like, yeah. business meeting. Yeah. Um, And so they're going over. They're talking about, you know, the contract a little bit. And then he, she goes, page three, clause five, appendix four. And he turns his paper, and he's like, I'm with you. She's like, um, fine, anal fisting. He's like, found it. She's like, no, cross it off. <laughs> he looks so disappointed. He's like, oh. Yeah. He kind of, you could, you could see his, his shoulder sag a little bit. And then she was like, actually, she's like, cross off vaginal fisting as well. Well, Hang on, girl. Hang on. Don't make any rash decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, would you, like, let's, t-? and she's like, cross it off. And... <laughs> Then she's like, genital clamps? Absolutely not. (laughs) And they go over a few more of the details of the contract. And she goes, what are butt plugs? It's literally exactly what it sounds like. It's it's a plug for your booty hole. You plug it up. You plug plug that butt up. He tells her, because he's very Mm -hmm. impressed with her negotiating skills. And he says, you know what? I'm going to throw in a sweetener. Mm -hmm. Once a week, we can go out on a date. 
um, for all of his posturing that he's this cold-hearted guy, mm-hmm. he's so tender with her, and he is so loving. Like, I don't want to say loving, but he's very tender with mm-hmm. her. He's very attentive. He's very touchy-feely. He he really gives off the the boyfriend vibes, you know? He's already catching feelings, even though he doesn't want to admit that he's catching feelings. I mean, the feels. He's simping for her, he in a way. hardcore. She leaves without making a decision. Yeah. Um, she takes the contract, uh, unsigned contract with her, and um, yep. she leaves. Bye. Bye, boy. <laughs> He's like, wait. <laughs> My contract. Come back. What about oral fisting? Is that still okay? What about the ear hole? What about the ear hole? <laughs> but the next time they see each other is at the her graduation. Mm. And he gives the commencement speech. Yeah. After the ceremony and like the little after party, um, they go back to her place. You know, they have some celebratory wine. He says, come outside. I want to show you something. And -hmm. it's a freaking car. It's a freaking Audi. And she's just like, that's a nice car. And he goes, yeah, it's for you. And she's just like, no, Christian, I already have a car. He's like, yeah, I sold it. First of all, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he just had his driver like, hey, um, forge some documents and signatures and go sell Anna's car. I bought her a new one. That's 50 shades of illegal, sir. Like, I know my car yes. was a piece of shit on wheels, but... But it was don't fine. Go, don't go selling my shit. While they're outside and she's talking, they're, you know, while they're outside looking at the car, she rolls her eyes. He's like, I warned you not to roll your eyes at me, Missy. Now I gotta spank you. And she's like, ooh, ooh, you gonna spank me? And then he takes her upstairs and literally bends her over his knee and spanks her. She likes it. I feel like she doesn't really know what to think at first. She's like, oh. It's almost like Dakota Johnson is breaking character again because she's kind of, like, kind of laughs a little bit. Like, this is weird and awkward, but I'm doing this. This is happening. Ooh, tingly. Like, tell me you weren't beat as a kid without telling me you weren't beat as a kid. Because if you were, like, like literally beat as a kid, there's no way you're going to be like, oh, this is so sexual. You're just like, mom, I'm so sorry I used the guest towels. Like, <laughs> I, I won't do it again. I'm sorry that I forgot to clean up the water in the bathroom when your socks got wet. <laughs> like, all of these things will be running through your mind. Like, no way. I'm sorry I forgot to empty the vacuum cleaner canister after I vacuumed. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. They're basically dating at this point. Like, they have Uh done the deed multiple times. He takes her to meet his family, Mm -hmm. and she gets a little more backstory. Like, his family is this very rich, uppity family, but he was adopted when he was six. And so are all his siblings. And all his siblings are adopted, um, which kind of explains a lot about his doofus brother, Elliot. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because they've been sleeping together for a while, she's starting to get frustrated because on one hand, he's very lovey-dovey. But on the other hand, he's detached emotionally, like he Mm -hmm. refuses to share any personal details of his life. And it's obvious that they want different things. And like, look, I'm about to like I'm about to open up a drawer and pull out some psychology like shit. But I feel like Christian Grey uses kink to avoid intimacy and that's an yes. attachment disorder. That's an attachment disorder, sir. Mm-hmm. That's trauma. That's not sexual preference. It is trauma. That's trauma. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Rose. 
You're welcome. Yeah. While they are at Christian's mother's house, mm-hmm. uh, we're at his parents' house for dinner, Anna reveals that she's going to Georgia to go see her mom the next day. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And Christian is just irrationally angry that she didn't get permission. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know why. He even says he doesn't know why he's angry. And this is like red flag. Like a guy should not be jealous about you going to go see family. Yeah. He shouldn't be suspicious for no freaking reason. These are all toxic red flags. But I don't think it should surprise us with Christian Gray because we already know. Yeah, we we know. He's he's 50 shades of fucked up. He said himself. They get in an argument, but she does go to see her mother. Um, And in typical Christian Gray fashion, motherfucker shows up. He crashes her reunion with her mom. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, come on. She's like, she's at a bar, at like a hotel bar, drinking a couple of drinks with her mom. Um, and then Christian's like, you might want to slow it down a little. That's your third drink. He, like, he texts her. And she's like, oh, fuck. And her mom's like, what's wrong? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> oh, God. And then he inserts himself into their evening. The next day, I guess... I don't know if he feels guilty for crashing her time with her mom or if he's just feeling generous or kind. Whatever the reason, the next day, he takes her on a ride in a glider. Yeah. It's it's a blast for her. Mm-hmm. But regardless of his intentions, it was about him putting the attention back on himself again. He couldn't stand that for two minutes she was giving attention to someone else, even mm-hmm. if that someone was her mom. Yeah, he was very uncomfortable with her having a relationship, even with her parents, without him being alerted and approving of it, which is a huge red flag. Yeah, it's it's actually all of the red flags. It is like the yeah. title of the red flag book because a toxic man wants to isolate you from your family and he wants to isolate you from your friends and you mm-hmm. should run for the fucking hills when you see that. Yes, he... He, again, um, he needs a therapist. Yeah. Listen, I'm available. I'm not a therapist, but um, I will. I'm available. You do have a psychology degree. I have a psychology degree, but most of all, I'm really good at judging people. So mm-hmm. if you want me to judge you while you talk to me for an hour, you should do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for free. Fuck, I'll pay you. Like I would <laughs> like I would pay Christian Gray to come to me and give me all the tea about his twisted mind. I would I would nice. be down. Yeah. Christian has to leave. He leaves ahead of Anna from mm-hmm. Georgia. And so she does have a day alone with her mom. And then she too returns to Seattle. So Anna and, and Christian, they, you know, eventually get back together in, in Seattle. And again, they're sleeping together. He has given her a tour of the Red Room, even though she hasn't signed the contract. Mm-hmm. And she seems to be semi-okay with the BDSM situation. He's breaking a lot of rules for her. He is. But then, you know, she's frustrated that he won't open up to her and he won't talk to her more about his feelings. And so they have this big confrontation where she's like, why do you want to cause me pain? And he's just like, it's just who I am. And she's like, you want to hurt me? And he said, yes. So she says, show me. Like, show me how bad it can be. Yeah, I want to know. You've been holding back. I want to know how you want to hurt me. So he takes her to to the playroom, mm-hmm. aka the torture chamber. Yeah. And he uses a flogger and he literally 
beats her. Like, not like a sexy, like, ooh, that hurts, but like welts on her butt probably. Yes. Beats the crap out of her for like six seconds straight. Like, he makes her count. And when it's over, she's crying and she's realizing, like, this is not a feather. This is the whole chicken. Like, we have different definitions of kink. I'm not down for this. Mm -hmm. Um, She spends the night there because I think she has no way to get home. But she tells him, like, I'm not what you want. In, In not so many words, he basically says, you don't understand. The fact that you don't like this is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you misunderstood the assignment because you're nailing it. I like that you don't like this, which, again, is not BDSM. This right? isn't about you, bitch. <laughs> like BDSM is not about one person wanting to do it and another person not wanting to do it. But yeah, so this is a very like distinct breakup moment because she realizes like I don't want this. She tells him they need a breakup and she gets on the elevator and he almost follows her in and she yells mm-hmm. no and he stops in his tracks. Elevator door closes. We get like this montage of them kind of going about their lives separately. And obviously, they're both very hurt and they're both missing each other. The very last scene we get is Christian sitting in a meeting wearing his suit and he's kind of distracted now listening to the meeting. And then he just gets up and it just cuts to black. He's on his way to get his punane. Is that how punani. you say it? His punani tsunami. He's about. He's on his way to get his punani tsunami. Uh, listen, this is where it ends. Obviously, there are more movies and more books, mm-hmm. and you should go check them out if you so wish. If this is your thing, then go about your badass self. Listen, this this story is the feather with the promise of the whole chicken, okay? So you get both worlds. If you want chicken, continue. Yeah. Well, if you want the chicken, you want the book. The movie mm-hmm. is, is the feather, but the book really gets into it. Uh, the book definitely has some um, descriptive detail. Yeah, tell them more descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Well, I'm pretty sure the teapot is empty for today. It's hard to tell uh, because I am very uncomfortable and I don't feel a sense of closure. <laughs> um, it is, in fact, empty. But don't worry. More <laughs> is brewing and on the way. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and share with a friend. Please share with a friend. Please, all of them. All of your friends. All two of them. Your mom. Your dad. (laughs) Your Aunt Karen. Your cousin. Your cousin. Your neighbor. The mailman. The mailman. You know the mailman is bored. He could use a podcast. The mailman could definitely use a podcast. And the mailwoman, too. Yeah. All right, guys. The mail carrier. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Put the flogger away. Put the flogger down. Step away from the masking tape and the zip ties. Well, where was the rope? I want to know where the zip ties were. Where were the zip ties in the room? He brings it up when they're in the boardroom where it says, like, restraints, and then it says other. She's like, what do you mean by other? And he's like, cable ties? (laughs) (laughs) He was really preparing.